Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, Everybody. anyone who want to learn more about local SEO. Welcome. Today we have a special episode with Darren Shaw. How are you? Doing good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Looking forward to learn more about local SEO. I know about your experience, skills. You know what I like? in your side that you pay attention to local SEO. You can ignore the rest, but you can provide great content with local SEO. I love it. And focusing is very important in SEO. SEO is a huge niche. It's yep. hard to be successful everywhere. And right. when yeah, when I speak with some experts uh, who can tell they know everything, I can feel that I speak with jack of all trades. <laughs> Darren, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. All right, sure. So I'm the founder of VoiceBark. We're a company been around since 2005, and we have software and services that help businesses rank in the local search results. So if you type in like a localized term, like, you know, your city and plumbers or dentists or lawyers, you're going to get what's called a local pack. And so uh, our our software and our services help businesses rank in those local packs. So it has a little map and then three businesses, and then you can explore deeper or on the Google Maps app, we help you rank in there. So you can find more about me uh, on Twitter at uh, Darren Shaw underscore. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. You should definitely follow my YouTube channel. So yeah, you'll find you'll learn lots about how to do all that if you want to do it yourself uh, through uh, all of the content that I produce. Yeah, I recommend to anyone to follow apparently i i follow because i need this valuable insights so a lot of value and i want to ask about your domain it's interesting uh, most domains have uh dot com but you have canadian uh, i i know about your tool very famous but can you tell do you want to why you have a canadian domain uh, and don't yeah. want to change I mean, because i think you have a lot of american clients as well yeah there's a story about our domain actually so we're it's whitespark.ca uh, mm-hmm. we're a canadian company so uh, i'm based in uh, edmonton alberta canada and um when I registered the domain, I wanted to get the .com, but it wasn't available. It was some Portuguese engineering firm at the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then their domain lapped. It expired. And then there was an auction to get it. And I messed something up with my sign-up. And someone beat me out on the, the domain. And now they just email me like every year uh, trying to get like $100,000 out of me for the domain. I'm like, nah, it's not worth it. I'll just stick with the yeah. .ca. <laughs> I, th- I think people know much better <laughs> your real domain, you know, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, just wasting money, <laughs> 100k, it's a lot. Um, Not worth it. Okay. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, okay, uh, Darren, can you tell uh, where to start with local SEO for new websites? For example, if uh, yeah. restaurant, plumbers have business, can you give checklist what to do first, second, and third? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Number one is your primary category. You got to get that right. Actually, if we even take a step back, even, you know, number zero, uh, if you are in the position where you were just first setting up your business, um, 
you could potentially optimize your business name. The business name is one of the strongest signals in Google to help you rank better. So whatever you put in that business name field. So if you just called your business Whitespark, that doesn't really have any keywords in it. So it's not going to help you rank very well. But if you called your business Whitespark Edmonton Local SEO Services, like you actually registered that business name with the government and that's what you're actually known by, those keywords in your business name will help you rank. So that is one consideration. So if you haven't even created your business name yet, then it's useful to do that. But you have to do it legitimately. That actually has to be your real business name. Some businesses will even rebrand. They'll go and just They'll change their name from Whitespark to Whitespark Local SEO Services City name just so they can get those keywords in there because Google puts way too much emphasis on keywords in the business name as a ranking signal. But let's just assume that your name is what your name is. Uh, what do you do? So number one is your primary category. That has the bit, one of the biggest impacts on how you rank in Google. So whatever you specify is your primary category. And most businesses get that right automatically that's like oh this is what i am i'm an electrician or i'm a plumber or i'm a lawyer so they get that right automatically but there are some cases where if they put in law firm but they actually specify in criminal defense law that's a great example where they're missing out because if they if they say criminal defense law as their primary category they'll rank way better for the terms that they want to rank for so Always go with the most specific and valuable primary category is one advice. The next one is additional categories. So on your Google business profile, add as many additional categories that are relevant to your business. So if you do that, if, you, if, if there's a service you provide and there's a category that's within that, then do that, add that. And then the next thing is actually services. So fill out the services section of your Google business profile. You want to make sure that you've added a service for every service you offer and that you have you have a page on your website for every one of those services that you've entered in your Google business profile. That has a big impact. You're, you're probably not surprised to hear that reviews, you bet you should definitely work on getting lots of reviews to your Google business profile. So uh, you definitely get a ranking boost at 10 reviews. And then beyond that, it becomes a very important uh, conversion factor. The more reviews you have, the more engagement you get on your profile, the better it tends to rank. And so those reviews are really powerful for not only helping your rankings, but also for getting more people to actually pick up the phone and call you because they're convinced by all your great reviews. So reviews are really important. I could go on and on, but maybe I'll stop there, take a breath and, and let you ask me some follow-up questions. Yeah, yeah, uh, a bunch of questions. Uh, my first question about reviews. Uh, what I usually get uh, when uh, people get negative reviews, uh, some of them fake, some of them real, but yep. it doesn't matter. So uh, they need to handle all these reviews. And it's okay if you have negative reviews, but real, because I remember Bill Gates once said <laughs> the, the biggest asset is to get negative reviews because you could learn how to update and develop your products. Can you tell yeah. what to do, for example, if companies get negative reviews, uh, uh, how to handle them? I mean, like how to uh, uh, decide it's fake, real, and uh, yeah. it doesn't matter uh, what to do. <laughs> so if you get a negative review and you believe that it's fake, you could potentially report it. So Google has a form um, that you can report uh, review content that you think is uh, illegitimate or against Google's guidelines. But I warn you that it's very difficult. How do you prove that that person wasn't a customer? 
How do you prove that that person used to be an employee? Uh, and so the review is illegitimate. It's very tough to prove that a review is fake. So you can definitely try. And sometimes Google's reviewers just say like, okay, and then they just delete it. So it's always worth trying. But uh, the best approach, of course, is to respond. And actually, this is important. Respond to that review before you submit it through Google's form. So if you believe that the review, like you didn't have an interaction with that customer or whatever it is, you could say that in your response, but always be very courteous and professional in your review responses because you're not really writing that review response for the person that left the review. You're writing your response for all the people that are reading your reviews, all your potential future customers. So if you get angry and you know, say stupid stuff in your review response, it's going to make you look bad to all your potential customers. So always look very professional in your response. And what I recommend is that you thank them for taking the time to provide feedback. You, um, and then you take the conversation offline. So mm -hmm. thanks for taking the time to provide feedback. You know, we're sorry you didn't, uh, we didn't meet your expectations. I would love to try and make this right. Um, here's my contact information. You can either email me or call me and let, let's, let's see if we can solve this. And actually we've had this happen at white spark multiple times. A person had some, some, they were confused about something. They ended up leaving a negative review. We ended up having a conversation with them and they actually changed the review from a one star to a five star because, yeah. because we addressed their concern and we, they were like, wow, great service. Thank you. So you can actually do that. And then sometimes those people, when you have that, you're, you're building a relationship with that negative, that person who had a bad experience. You've turned it. You've shown them that you care, that you really want to help them out. And then they become this real brand advocate for you. So a negative review can be very positive. Like, like you mentioned with the Bill Gates quote, that can yeah. be really powerful. And so a negative review, don't always see it as a bad thing. It can definitely be a good thing sometimes. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, by the way, customers don't uh, distrust brands if they have only positive reviews. So if it's okay to have negative reviews. And I remember Seth Godin said about negative reviews. Uh, even uh, uh, he, he told that he stopped reading reviews of his books since 2011. Right. Because... He can't satisfy all people. Right. And a lot of people can tell it's uh, the book that it's better to ignore. Right. <laughs> uh, nothing valuable. Uh, and Seth Godin, one of the best marketers ever. So, and uh, uh, he showed an example with uh, Harry Potter uh, that John Rowling has uh, 2% of one star reviews uh, where people uh, can submit that is it's one of the worst written book ever you know so yeah right. interesting about that uh, yeah uh, and uh, uh, what i like in reviews uh, that you can learn how to update innovate your products and uh, yeah. i remember yeah and i remember you once posted how you changed review uh, real case study um, yep. I think I found on LinkedIn post uh, how you change the review from one star to five stars. So 
<laughs> yeah, great example. And uh, uh, let's talk about uh, Google uh, business profile. Can you tell uh, some best practices, what to do, uh, how yep. to fix them? Because, you know, it's interesting. Um, I see a lot of selfish profiles, you know, uh, including on LinkedIn when uh, companies uh, tell how they are great, you know, but customers want to become great. Customers want to uh, get Well, can you tell uh, the best practices about optimizing Google business profile? Yeah, so your Google business profile is, uh, it's uh, Mike Blumenthal, uh, local SEO uh, legend, coined the term Google is your new homepage. And this is very true in local. If you're looking for a local business, you often don't even go to their websites. You're just browsing all of the local results, kind of clicking through, learning about each business right within Google's ecosystem. You don't have to go to the website. And so... This is a really important um, asset for every business to make sure that they are presenting themselves in the best possible way. And you see so many empty profiles. The person created their profile in 2004 and they have not logged in or updated or changed anything since. But Google's added all these amazing features so you can now... Yeah fill out a whole services section. You can fill out a whole product section. You can write a really great description that's compelling. You can add lots of photos and videos. You can, um, your reviews or your testimonials. It basically is its own little mini website. And so you can add the product section, the services section, you do Google posts. There's a whole question and answer section. You know how a website has an FAQ section? Well, that's on your Google business profile mm -hmm. too. And so what you want to do is If there is a section on your Google business profile, make sure you have filled it out. Um, lot, lots of them don't directly impact rankings, but they absolutely impact conversions. What you want to do with your Google business profile is make that person stop clicking other profiles. You're thinking about your profile from a conversion rate optimization perspective. What are, what are you going to say? What, how are you going to convey what your business does in a way that compels that user to be convinced that they found the business. That's, that's the mindset you want to take to your Google business profile. And so while a lot of these things like the Q&A, Google posts, products, they don't directly impact rankings. Like we have not been able to find a correlation where you put keywords in and that seems to impact rankings. They do impact rankings from a engagement perspective. Because when a person spends a lot of time on your profile, they're clicking around, they're spending a lot of time on that. Those are engagement signals that we do believe Google is using to help rank your business better. And so there have been some case studies where they show where, you, you know, when your profile gets a lot of clicks, it actually moves up in the rankings. So we know that Google definitely leverages these engagement signals. And so... Those are, the, those are the general tips. Just make sure it's really well built out. It's focused on conversion. And, you know, you're, you're talking about all of your products and services and why someone should choose your business. Yeah, valuable, valuable. Um, I want to ask about citations. I yep. know White, uh, White Spark can help with citations, but yep. most can help. Many <laughs> other tools can help. With that. Can sure. you... Yeah, can, can you tell benefits of using WhiteSpark? I mean, like compared to many other uh, well-known brands like Moss, uh, Semrush Yext. probably can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Semrush actually uses Yext, but yes. Uh -huh. So there's a big difference between the way those tools operate and the way our citation service operates. It's very different mm -hmm. because 
The citation tools, you pay a monthly fee or an annual fee. And what it does is it uses API connections to distribute your business listings to whatever sites are in their network. We think it's stupid to continue to pay month after month after month for that thing that is done once. That they just do it once. That connection has been made. Now, I think there's a benefit that if you, okay, if you change your phone number, then you can go and edit it and it'll push it all out really nice and easy. But how often do you need to do that? Hardly ever. So I don't think that it makes sense to rent your citations from these software systems. So we have what's called our listing service. And so we have a team that will go and create your profiles on all of those sites. And then we send you a report with your usernames and passwords for all of those sites. And then you own them forever. You're not renting them. They're yours. It's a one-time fee. And it just feels like the better way to do business listings. And you can totally do it yourself too. You can just get a list of all the most you know, important um, citation sites on the internet, the directories, business directories on the internet, and go and build out those yourselves. But people hire us because it's, it's kind of a, an annoying, time-consuming job. So that's why we have that service. And so it's a really good approach. It doesn't scale very well. So if you're like a 10,000 location, you know, franchise business, we probably aren't the best company for you. You do want to use something like Yext, Uberall, Semrush mm -hmm. or something for that. Um, but, you know, for most, you know, businesses with 10 or less locations, our approach makes all the sense. And if you do need an update, you can always hire our company to just go and update all the citations because we actually have all of your logins and passwords in our system now, right? Because we created all those profiles. It's all in your report. And so you can just hire us for what we call a refresh order. It's like, oh, we changed our phone number. We moved addresses. And then we just go and update everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Uh, do you think it's enough to uh, set up these citations to get them? Uh, or it's better to uh, use link building techniques uh, for local SEO? Uh, because uh, the last time what we can see that the impact of link building is diminishing. Google can tell that, many people can tell, and I know some yep. uh, webmasters who get million traffic without any link building right. <laughs> as well. So yeah. tell, uh, it's enough or not? <laughs> uh, I don't think citations are quite enough. I feel like it's one of the pillars mm -hmm. of local SEO. So if you think about traditional SEO, it, it really kind of boils down to two huge buckets. One is your website, your content, like what are you saying about yourself? So you're making your business relevant for the terms you want to rank for. Then the other piece is authority, and that's all link building. Is anyone out on the internet linking back to your website? That's traditional SEO. Um, local SEO adds three new layers to that. So it's like you still need to get the website stuff locked in. You still need to build links to your website to build authority. Um, but then you also need to optimize your Google business profile with the stuff that we already talked about. You also need to get reviews um, uh, on your own on your Google business profile, plus on other important sites in your industry. And then the third, the fifth piece of the puzzle is citations. Um, so you've got website links, Google business profile, reviews and citations. And citations live in a different bucket than links because they don't even have to have a link back to your website. It's just a mention of your name, address and phone number. And this is the, the way that Google used to determine authority in the earlier days of local search, when most small businesses didn't even have a website. So Google had to figure out how do you get authority? And that's where citations come in. And it's still a factor in the algorithm, but it's it's a smaller piece of the pie. And so it's, it's in the local search ranking factor survey that I do, it makes up about 7%. But 
that the local search experts believe, uh, you know, impacts the rent algorithm about 7%. So if you think like, you know, your website content is super important, the stuff on your Google business profile, super important, and links come in as a heavier hitter than citations themselves. And so you definitely still need to build links to your website. Um, but in the local search world, it's obviously a lot less. If you're a big national or international e-commerce site, you need links a lot harder than the the local lawyer in your town, right? So, mm -hmm. yep. Uh, what you can choose, for example, if you have two options uh, to get uh, backlink from different region but relevant or from your uh, city but irrelevant, uh, what do you choose? Um, yeah, I would say in local, I would prioritize industry relevant links and citations over city relevant. So I would mm -hmm. say, you know, or regional relevance. I think the industry relevance is slightly more valuable. Then I would try to get, uh, you know, re regional relevance. So let's mm -hmm. say it was like, uh, your, your business is in Chicago. You want to get listed on chicagobusinessdirectory.com. Like that one's more valuable, right? But mm -hmm. if your business is a law firm, then you want to, you know, you want to be on all the law firm specific directories. Um, but then, and we're talking about links, like getting links from like a, let's say a mommy blog in Chicago is helpful, but getting links from a legal blog, I think is more helpful. But they're all extremely helpful, but when you're thinking about local, you're always trying to focus on um, getting links or citations from sites that are either industry relevant or locally relevant. And if they're not, they're still valuable, but just not quite as valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. Uh, let's talk about AI. Uh, it's hard sure. to ignore this topic. Uh, and Jeff Coyle uh, spoke on my podcast and told me, uh, that uh, in the future we will have three companies. The first company will develop AI, the second uh, implement, and the third company will be obsolete. Who can leave the trade? Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Two companies. laughs> yeah. Uh, so can you tell uh, how to use AI in local SEO? What to do, how it can help? Because okay. uh, it's my living tool. I can use every single day, but I usually see when webmasters content creators overuse ai just to create generic yeah. content so any yeah. tips about it so i think ai is extremely valuable and helpful for a lot of the populating of content on your google business profile because as i mentioned a lot of those things aren't really impacted by rankings and so you're trying to write conversion copy and ai can do a great job of writing that so when you're writing a google post about some special that you have AI can do a great job of helping you craft that and write it in a compelling way. And in fact, you can prompt AI to say, oh, make it more convincing, make it more compelling. And AI can actually do that. And so it's actually really useful for Google posts, Google product descriptions, even your business description on the Google business profile. A lot of people assume that that impacts rankings, but it doesn't. The business description mm -hmm. itself um, so I really think AI is powerful for that. And I actually do think it's powerful for writing website content with the very, uh, you know, serious caveat that you must human edit it. The problem with mm -hmm. AI generated content is that it all ends up looking the same. The internet all just becomes the same content. And so 
you really need to differentiate. So if you are writing in local SEO, let's say for a plumber, a page about you know drain cleaning, you can definitely get ChatGPT to write that content for you. But that content is going to look the same as everything else on the internet because that content was trained on the internet. So yeah. it's gonna, it doesn't look any different. And so if you want your content to rise above, you need to add your personal take to it. So if you are the business owner, then you need to add the, what, how do you do, do things differently? Why are you really good at this? What is it about your years of experience? What have you learned? Like you need your personal take put into that in order for it to stand out. And if you are a, an agency, SEO agency doing this work for clients, then what we recommend is interviewing your clients. So you interview them. And in fact, you can even then feed that into chat GPT. So if you do the interview, you ask all the questions and answers, then you, you, you give it the original, original prompt, which is write me a post on drain cleaning for a, a plumber in Fresno, California. So you're going to get this blog post, right? And then you can tweak it a little bit with more prompts. And then you say, now incorporate this unique content from the business owner uh, with their takes. And you can actually get that chat GPT to kind of finesse it. And then of course you do your edit and then you can publish it. So it can be really powerful for content creation. I would say that's probably the most valuable local search use for it. Yeah. You, you unhided some of my secrets. You know, oh, <laughs> I <sorry>. didn't expect. <laughs> uh, I usually feed AI, uh, uh, in most cases, chat GPT with uh, my data. So yep. if someone uh, is complaining about that AI can mislead, feed with the right data. <laughs> you yeah, know, so exactly. you can collect data, uh, uh, put to ChatGPT and ask to edit according to your audience uh, to tell yeah. more about demographic data, about uh, what customers you have. And um, for example, we uh, edit uh, our press releases and got mentioned on CNN, uh, Business Insider, many nice. other great websites. Yeah. But you know, I'm a terrible writer, <laughs> but when I edit on ChatGPT, Mm-hmm. If CNN can accept this press release, that means uh, the quality is good. <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, I, I don't ask ChatGPT, please write from scratch. I give the right data, you know. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about the prompting. And I think that's an interesting thing. It's like there is a, there is a faction of society right now that is like, oh, we have to reject everything about it. But I do think you're going to fall behind because it's such a uh, efficiency booster. If you mm-hmm. if you're not using it then the amount that you can output and the amount you can produce is much less than someone that is utilizing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like if farmers can tell, I can deny the tractor. You know, <laughs> you know I, yeah. I keep dig manually. Yeah, you can't go ahead with that. So probably for some time, but not for long. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Darren, I want to ask about uh, mistakes in my mm-hmm. life. I made a lot of mistakes, some of them terrible mistakes, some slight mistakes, but same. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to go ahead. We usually start from best practices, fail, yep. and yep. go ahead to learn how it works. So can you list mistakes in local SEO that uh, webmasters can uh, avoid? I mean, like some mistakes we need to do, but some mistakes we can avoid before doing them. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's helpful to know uh, the list of things that don't impact local SEO. 
Um, and actually, you can find that in the local search ranking factor survey report that I put out every year. So in that report, there's a section for local SEO myths. And so that's helpful for you to see that like mm -hmm. wasting time geotagging photos is a mistake. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to get no benefit from that. So don't waste your time doing that. And there's a whole list of things on there that don't directly impact rankings. Um, some of them, though, in that do impact conversion. So you have to be a bit judicious about which ones you completely avoid, right? It's like, no, you should still write a good Google business description, be, even though it doesn't impact rankings, it impacts conversions. Um, the other one, I think, is a lot of time people make this mistake when they set up their rank tracking software. Because in local search, there is no such thing as how do I rank in Chicago? That doesn't mm -hmm. exist. It's not possible for you to know how you rank in Chicago, the whole city. Local search ranking results in the local packs, Google Maps, local finder, they're completely based off of the location of the searcher. So if I type in lawyers and I'm, I'm in Chicago, but I live on the south side of the city, I'm only going to see the lawyers within a little radius around my, my, uh, my location. If I live in the north end of the city, it's a little circle around my, so the lawyers that are kind of close to me. Local search really affect, is really affected by businesses that are in pro close proximity to you. And so there's no such thing as how do I rank in Chicago? So when you set up your local rank tracker, you have to think about that. You have to realize, well, I don't need to know how I rank in Chicago. A rank tracker can't tell me that. If, if I do set that up, it's basically how do you rank in a five mile radius around the centroid of Chicago? But what about up here? What about over there? So you actually have to set your rank tracking to track from zip codes is a good way to set it up or track from specific geo coordinates around the city um, or use grid ranking. So you've kind of got to know how do you rank in these different areas? Because that that's one of the things that a lot of people make this assumption that, oh, I want to track my rankings in Chicago, but that's not even a thing that exists. If you, if you said Chicago, it's just this tiny circle around the center of Chicago. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a few times about uh, direct, indirect factors. Uh, and um, for example, the last time I started to pay more to let to pay less attention to it's direct or indirect, for example, yeah. if uh, social can help with SEO, I do it. Uh, right. uh, I think Google can recognize, for example, uh, if we get uh, links from CNN or Forbes, uh, these links are no follow, but the impact is real. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's indirect factor. And for me, like, for example, if someone wanna build muscles, so uh, direct factor, go to gym, indirect, eat healthy food. <laughs> you know? right. sure. yeah. like Sleep well. <laughs> so yeah. uh, what, uh, what do you think, uh, which indirect factors uh, is better to do for, uh, I understand, uh, if you uh, use geotech, uh, it doesn't help because users don't see it. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, right. uh, uh, but uh, what about other factors that it's better to do for local SEO? I mean, the like indirect factors. Yeah, I think that's like a lot of the conversion factors. And in fact, there's even a section of the local search ranking factor report where I talk about conversion factors. These are the things that are going to have the biggest impact on your conversions. And when you when you are increasing engagement signals, either on your website, like for example. I really think every service page should have an embedded video, an embedded video of, you know, one minute, or at least like 
one and a half minutes to, th to three minutes where it's the business owner talking about what they do, why they do it. That increases dwell time on the site. And dwell time, like as more people are spending time looking at your page, we think that's a, an indirect ranking factor. And so mm -hmm. increasing more engagement uh, on your website, on your Google business profile, I think that's one of the biggest ones that people maybe don't think too much about. It's like, I put keywords in my Google in my Google products or Google posts. This is a great example. People think I put these keywords in my Google posts. It didn't impact my rankings. So doing Google posts is a total waste of time. Well, no, that's not true because the Google posts themselves are like free ads on the internet, right on your profile. You can talk about your products and services and you can, those can help you drive direct conversions, but they also increase the dwell time and the engagement. There's more clicking. Same thing with uploading photos and videos to your profile. All of those things help indirectly. I think that, uh, those are some of the ones that I always think of. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I want to ask about your experience. Uh, two reasons. Uh, I have students in my network mm -hmm. who are looking yep. for a way how to learn from scratch. Uh, and the second, uh, what I found, we usually get uh, good results with clients who understand SEO. Yep. If they understand, so we can cooperate together like a cohesive team. We know why we need to create high quality content, mm -hmm. why it's important to get more traffic value than getting more traffic, many different insights. So if my clients don't understand, I tell them, take my course, Learn from Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, right. Mike Phillips, Chelsea, all these great experts. Go to Google, go to YouTube, just learn. If you need to know more about local SEO, I always recommend Vice Park because I know it's quality, it's valuable. Thank uh, you. Darren, can you tell, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day in 2005, <laughs> you know nothing about local SEO, but yeah. you need to learn. What will you do if you started from scratch? Oh, it's You would go straight to the local search ranking factors survey report and just read that thing top to bottom and you'd come you'd come out of that exercise knowing almost everything. Like, mm -hmm. and you'd read all the comments too. So there's a whole section on commentary from the local search experts. This to me feels like the the shortest route to the best information because the local search ranking factor survey is a survey of the most recognized experienced talented s local seo practitioners in the world and so it's just the top 40 people the people that we know really know their stuff those are the people that are answering this survey and so when they combine all of their knowledge the the things that really impact ranking surface to the top and then their commentary is just full of gold nuggets so i would say it's just like you could go to youtube right now and search for local seo and you're going to find at least 20 people that are telling you to geotag images they're all wrong because people can say whatever they want and so <laughs> You or TikTok's even worse. Do not go to TikTok if you want to learn local SEO. It is a cesspool of misinformation. Mm. I would say go straight to the local search ranking factors. Invest, invest the half a day to two days or whatever it takes. Just work through it. Read everything. Understand that there's there's no better document on the internet that fully explains what you need yeah. to do to improve your local rankings. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and the best way is to experiment and test whatever you learn. Just yeah, exactly. Read that and then try it for yourself and then see. And that's actually one of the great things about that particular group. There's, they're always testing, right? And so yeah. we often 
we think that thing impacted rankings or we think that it didn't. And then further testing shows, oh, it does or it doesn't. And so we, we, uh, we love to test. Yeah, nice, nice. And I have my final question about the future. We still get the question, is SEO dead? Uh, and <laughs> so, yeah, uh, take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be in local SEO because things are changing fast. Uh, yeah. With AI, prob uh, Apple is going to launch uh, headset, I don't know, augmented reality will come. So your yeah. tips about <laughs> the, my the crystal future. ball. All right. Yeah. I should actually have one <laughs> like at my desk that I can pull out for this question. Um, It's so tough because I don't want to go too far in the future because things change fast in this yeah. industry. Um, but fundamentally, they actually haven't changed very much at all. Like the local search algorithm is kind of the same as it always has been since 2010. Hasn't really changed too much in the last 13, the fundamentals. There's lots of little things that have changed, but the fundamentals haven't changed too much. I think that with AI, and if you look at the Google SGE results and BARD results, they are pulling the data from what we already, like from the systems they've already built. They're not going to build a whole new system. So all the techniques, all the strategies that you're currently using to rank in the local packs and Google Maps, those same signals, Google's going to have to continue to rely on those signals in whatever display format that they give for the local results. So I don't really think that your strategies have to change too much. You can just keep keep doing what works for that. And then Google will just display it in a new interface. And so uh, I don't think it'll be huge changes there. I don't believe that Bing is going to chip any search volume away from Google. I think Apple has the greatest chance. We've seen Apple bot crawling uh, increase. Uh, we see Apple Maps Business Connect, like that's really improved. And so we think that Apple is investing in that. And I think they have the best chance of maybe disrupting. So when you, when, when they finally introduce a, a, an AI assistant that is better than Siri, which is the worst AI assistant ever. I cannot believe how bad it is. Mm -hmm. uh, when they finally make a good chat GPT version of Siri and people really start to use that all the time, it'd be like, hey, I'm looking for a local plumber in, uh, in Fresno, in my city. And then be like, all right, here, here are the, the five that I found. That's going to come from Apple's results. And so mm -hmm. I do think you should start thinking a little bit about Apple and, and making sure that at least you've claimed your profiles, you've optimized them. Note that it does not work for service area businesses. Apple Maps only works for if you actually have a physical location that you can go to. But I would say that I don't predict too much up you know, things changing too much. I know AI feels like, oh my God, everything is changing, but I don't think it's changing too much. My crystal ball says, stay the course for the next couple of years, at least. I don't see too much disruption. Yeah, love it, love it. So valuable. I, I agree. Uh, it's unpredictable, but if you have experience, uh, you can adapt to new challenges. For example, marketers on TV and radio didn't lose their jobs. They adapted right. to digital. <laughs> so if you have experience to create content for uh, local SEO, SEO, you can go ahead because SEO doesn't teach how to rank. SEO teaches how to create high quality content, how to increase website speed, how to earn citations, links that bring uh, traffic. So yeah, yep. the future will be good, you know, if you uh, learn and experiment today so you can adapt fast. Uh, Darren, it's a big pleasure. 
yeah to, to get on my show to learn from you thanks a lot for your time a big pleasure to get on my show tell the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you yeah thank you very much well you can definitely check out our website whitespark.ca um check out our youtube channel uh i think it's what it's youtube slash whitesparkca um check me out on linkedin on twitter you just look for darren shaw seo you'll find me on all the platforms I'm even on instagram tiktok yeah yeah i'm everywhere <laughs> nice yeah you can't escape nice. me <laughs> <laughs> got it okay guys you can find all the links in the description below listen to us on apple google spotify thanks again for the time love it so valuable uh, i recommend to anyone to follow Darren because you can see a lot of value uh i follow and it's a big mistake if you ignore following because you can see a lot of it. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.